Good morning. My name is Andrew Martin. I'm the youth pastor here at Christ the King, and it's my privilege to welcome you uh, here this morning. I'm so glad that we can be together to worship and to learn together from the Lord's Word. Uh, Before we open His Word together, I do have a quick announcement. Uh, There's a vehicle in the parking lot with its lights on. That's a green Honda CRV with license plate number 2134PG. Um, So, We care about you all, and we just wanted to let people know about that um, so you don't go out with a dead battery. Um, Well, if you have been with us over the last few weeks, or if you're just joining us, uh, just to bring us up to speed, we are in the book of Ruth. We're in the third week of a series that we're doing. And last week, in Ruth chapter 2, we saw how the Lord cared for Ruth and Naomi uh, through the kindness and the generosity and the protection of Boaz. And this week, we're going to see how the Lord continues to care for His people. And we're going to observe this in two parts. We're going to look at the pursuit of rest, and we're going to look at the promise of rest. The pursuit of rest and the promise of rest. So uh, that'll that'll be in Ruth chapter 3, so turn with me there. And you'll also find that passage projected on the screens uh, overhead. Ruth chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter... Should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative, with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go, and uncover his feet, and lie down. And he will tell you what to do. And she replied, All that you say, I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer." And he said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, and that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask, for all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight, and in the morning, if he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, Then, as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. So she lay at his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, Let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, Bring the garment you are wearing and hold it out. So she held it, and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city, and when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, How did you fare, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, These six measures of barley he gave to me. For he said to me, You must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, Wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out. For the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you uh, for your word. And I ask for your help now, Lord. We pray that you would help us to understand your word more clearly that through your Spirit you would open our hearts to receive it into our hearts and to believe and to trust it more deeply. 
And we, fought, we pray, Father, that through this, you would give us deep hope and deep comfort in you and your care for us. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Well, in 1862, Victor Hugo uh, published his famous novel, Les Miserables. It's a story that, that goes into vivid detail about the, the redemption, uh, the love, but also the great suffering that people in this world endure. And in one particularly moving scene uh, is captured in a 2012 film adaptation starring Hugh Jackman and Anne Hathaway. And it takes place at the hospital bedside of a woman named Fontaine, a woman who has known great suffering in her life. She's been abandoned by the person who should have loved her and cared for her and stayed by her side. Her neighbors have told vicious lies about her and slandered her name, causing her to lose her job without reason and be thrust into crippling poverty. And throughout all of this, she has faced the struggles of a single mother as she tries to raise her young daughter, Cosette. And in this scene, she's lying gravely ill in her bed, and she begins to hallucinate. And she begins to, to call out for her young daughter, who is soon to be left alone, with no one to care for her, no one to protect her, no one to keep her safe. But in the midst of her, of her distress and her agony, a man named Jean Valjean quietly enters the room. And he goes and he sits by her bed. And as she cries out in her distress, he gently cradles her in his strong arms. And he sings to her, he says, be at peace. Be at peace. And he looks into her eyes and he assures her that her daughter will not be left alone. He says, Cosette will live under my protection. Your daughter will want for nothing. And as these, as these words wash over Fantine, she looks into Jean Valjean's face and with tears streaming down her face from her eyes, she, she slowly nods. And she believes him. And she has great comfort. And she has good reason for great comfort because in her hour of need, this kind and compassionate man of great power, of great ability, and also of great character has spoken into her hour of need and assured her that she will be cared for, that she and her daughter will not be left alone. I've, I've watched that scene many, many times, and pretty much every time, it, it, it nearly moves me to tears. And I imagine it does for many other people as well, because we can relate so deeply to Fantine. I mean, think about it. We have all experienced deep suffering, heart-wrenching agony in our lives. We've had people who, who should have been there to care for us who have abandoned us instead and left us alone. We've had friends who we were hoping would welcome us with warmth and with acceptance and instead have, have rejected us. At times we've, we've feared for our jobs or we've lost our jobs and we've wondered how are we going to make ends meet? How are we going to survive? And in those moments, we desperately long for someone strong and caring and capable to come and to care for us and to assure us that everything's going to be okay. And it's for these same reasons that we can relate so deeply to the story of Ruth and Naomi as well. Because over the last few weeks, we have seen the suffering and the agony of these women. They have lost their husbands, their sons have died, and they are facing a dangerous, cruel world all by themselves with many dangers and potentially 
the very real possibility of death if there's no one to care for them. We can relate to them because in those moments, we also, like them, are looking for someone to care for us. We are pursuing the same thing. We are pursuing what they are, and they are pursuing rest. Look with me in chapter one of, uh, in verse one of chapter three. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, my daughter, should I not seek rest for you? Now, when, Ma- when Naomi says rest, she's not simply talking about sleep. She's not talking about a, a brief break from the suffering she's enduring. Look back in verse one. She says, should I not seek rest for you that it may be well with you? You see, she's talking about a deeper kind of rest, a fuller kind of rest. One commentator describes it this way, the quest for rest is a search for wellness. It's a search for wellness, the opposite of emptiness and alienation. It is the essential search of every man and woman. It's the search for the kind of rest and well-being Jean Valjean promised for Cosette to rescue her from being alone and afraid, to take her in as his very own and to care for her and to protect her. And friends, we all desire this kind of rest, this kind of wellness. And it leads to one of the most important questions we will ever ask. Where do we find it? Well, Naomi, she offers her own answer to the question. She believes that Ruth and Naomi will find rest if Ruth can marry Boaz. Look in verse 1 again. She says, Should I not seek rest for you that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative? Now, last week in chapter 2, we had learned more about Boaz. We saw how he had shown incredible care for Ruth. He had protected her and ensured that she was safe while working in his fields. He had provided generous amounts of grain for her from those same fields and from the table where he ate. And in that chapter, Naomi had revealed a critical piece of information about Boaz. In chapter 2, verse 20, she explained, the man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And that fact is very important because in Israelite society, the redeemer played a very crucial role. The redeemer was a close relative who would come to someone who is in need and care for them. So for example, if someone was murdered, the, the redeemer, the kinsman redeemer, would ensure that justice was carried out against the criminal. Or if someone became so deeply in debt that they had to sell themselves into slavery, the redeemer would come and, and pay their debt and buy back their freedom. And in other cases, if a woman was left as a widow with no children to care for her, the redeemer, the brother of the deceased man, would come and marry her and take her into his own home and to care for her. And that is exactly the kind of rest and redeeming care that Naomi and Ruth are pursuing through a marriage to Boaz. So in verses 3 through 7, Ruth receives and follows Naomi's guidance. And in verse 8, Boaz wakes up to find Ruth lying silently at his feet. And in verse 9, he said, who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. She asks him to fulfill the role of a redeemer by marrying her and caring for her and Naomi, by giving her a new home with the hope of children so that she would not be left uncared for. They are pursuing rest under the wings of a redeemer. Now, I imagine that many of us have questions about their plan for pursuing this rest. For example, why why didn't Ruth approach Boaz during the day? Why 
did she uncover his feet? And we may even wonder if Naomi was directing Ruth to seduce Boaz and whether Ruth and Boaz committed sin together. These are, these are valid questions, and the answer to some of these questions will be, we don't know. For example, we don't know for sure why Ruth approached Boaz at night. And the reason, the reason we don't know the answer to some of these questions for sure is because we simply do not know enough about the cultural customs of the day to answer for cer with certainty uh, what the meaning behind these actions were. But despite these uncertainties, there are two things that are very clear to us. The first is that Ruth was not trying to seduce Boaz. And the second is that nothing sinful happened that night on the threshing floor. And this is clear to us for a number of reasons, and I'll share a few of them here very briefly. To begin, up to this point in the story, the narrator has presented both Ruth and Boaz as people of sterling character. We have a, a very credible and a very outstanding uh, character witness from the narrator up to this point. Additionally, the narrator tells us several times that Ruth lays at Boaz's feet rather than beside him. Furthermore, Ruth makes her desire for marriage crystal clear when she asked for Boaz to spread his wings over her and redeem her. And finally, we see how Boaz responds by blessing Ruth and calling her his daughter in verse 10. The pursuit of rest led to the promise of rest. Look with me at how Boaz responds at the beginning of verse 11. He said, Now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. In her time of need, Boaz speaks and he says, Don't be afraid. He says, Don't be afraid, Ruth, because I will make sure that you are cared for. Now, in the next verse, he does explain the plan might not happen exactly as Ruth may have hoped. Look in verse 12. He says, And now it is true that I am a redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. But even here, even here, Boaz continues to confirm his promise that Ruth will have rest. Look in verse 13. He says, Remain tonight, and in the morning, if he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. No matter what, Ruth will find the rest and the care that she's hoping for. Now these, these words alone would have been wonderful. But Boaz doesn't stop there. He also gives her an incredible sign of his promise to her. Look in verse 15. He said, bring the garment you're wearing and hold it out. So she held it, and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Now, some estimate that six measures of barley would have equaled 80 pounds of grain. And uh, did you notice what, he, what it says after the amount was given? He put it on her. 
Boaz was giving Ruth so much food that he had to help her lift it up and position it so that she would be able to carry it all home. The, the sign of his promise to her was perhaps nearly staggering. And Boaz sends this incredible sign with a message for Naomi. Look what he says in verse 16. And when she, Ruth, came to her mother-in-law, she said, How did you fare, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, These six measures of barley he gave to me. For he said to me, You must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. You must not go back empty-handed. We've heard a similar phrase. In fact, pretty much the identical phrase before in this story. We heard this phrase, emptiness, from the lips of Naomi herself right after she had returned home to Israel. If you look back in chapter 1, verse 20, Naomi is, has just arrived home and she's speaking with the women of, of her town. And she said to them, Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full and the Lord has brought me back empty. And yet now, as Ruth returns, she returns with the promise of rest and with 80 pounds of assurance that Naomi will not be left empty-handed. Can you imagine in that moment the hope and the comfort that must have begun to wash over Ruth and Naomi in those moments? The, the hope and the comfort that must have begun to seep into their hearts as this kind man of deep character and abundant resources spoke into their hour of need with this incredible promise and this abundant sign. And they had good reason for hope because of the source of this promise. Going back to the, to the film I mentioned earlier, Les Miserables, in that scene, after Jean Valjean makes his promise to Fantine, she, she looks into his face and with tears streaming down them, she says, dear sir, you come from God in heaven. And that's the truth that I want us to see here as well. You see, Naomi will not be left empty handed. She and Ruth will be cared for because it is the Lord, it is God in heaven who is giving them rest under the wings of this Redeemer. You see, after the Lord had redeemed his people out of slavery in Egypt, it was he himself who had established the role of Redeemer. There was a Redeemer in Israel to begin with because the Lord had made it so, so that when his people were in need, they would be cared for. In, verse, in chapter 2, verse 12, Boaz told Ruth that it was under the Lord's wings that she had come for refuge. Later in chapter 2, verse 20, Naomi proclaimed that it was the Lord's kindness that had led them to Boaz. And so we cannot help but conclude that it was ultimately the Lord who was promising rest to Ruth and Naomi under the wings of Boaz. One commentator puts it this way, behind Boaz's promise lies the commitment of God himself to meet Ruth and Naomi's need. It is the Lord who is giving them rest. And friends, it is the Lord who gives us this kind of rest also. He gives us this rest through the ultimate Redeemer that he has sent. He gives us this rest through the Redeemer Jesus, his only son, who he gave to die on the cross for our sins. And because of this, those who trust in Jesus, those who have placed their faith in him, are no longer alone, but have become God's children. Through Jesus have become members of God's family and have been brought under the protection 
under the wings of the Lord. And I pray, I pray for this reality to take deep root in all of our hearts. I pray that when we hear the determination in Boaz's voice, when he promised to care for Ruth and Naomi. I pray that when we see the 80 pounds of grain given as this sign of commitment, when we see the Lord, the way the Lord is giving them rest under the wings of Boaz, I pray that we would see a picture of the same determination, the same commitment that the Lord has shown to care for each of us. That we would be reminded of the promise we have that when we belong to Jesus, no matter what struggles we may face, no matter what hardships we may go through, our cry for someone to come alongside of us and to care for us has been answered. That Christ will never leave us alone. He will never leave us empty, but will always be present with us through his spirit to love and to care for us. Friends, may the spirit help these promises, these truths to sink deeply into our hearts, that we would know the same hope, the same assurance that Ruth and Naomi knew, and that we would trust his promises more deeply. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the love and for the care that you showed to these two dear women. We thank you that you did not leave them alone, you did not leave them empty-handed, that all the way you are with them, watching over them, caring for them, even in the midst of their heartache and their struggles. And Lord, we thank you that when we see this commitment, we see a picture of the same commitment you've shown to us. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to take comfort as we rest under the shadow of your wings. We pray that we would believe the truth that you are with us, that you are for us, that you don't leave us alone. And I pray that each time we remember the cross, that that truth would sink deeply into our hearts. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.